So I was reading about you and I understand that 20 years of marketing experience, you have started the radical, well, you're the host of the radical formula or the radical podcast, radcast. And is radical the name of the marketing agency that you founded? Yep. Um, what I kind of, radcast is the podcast. all right. Uh, what kind of marketing do you guys do like B2B or is it more so? We're a full service digital agency and about 75% of our business is to B2B. Uh, we are doing some consumer stuff, but it's kind of moving towards more B2B. So it's uh, a little bit, but we're full service. I mean, we do everything from building websites to producing videos. We have a full service studio here and production services. So we do kind of everything from top to bottom, manage a lot of social media and build microsites and everything kind of a digital agency does. All right. Awesome. So um, I just want to ask, like, where did you start necessarily? Did you work at an agency or was it kind of like beating around the bush of freelance or I guess you would consider it entrepreneurship? Did you start an entrepreneurship or start somewhere else? I went to Clemson University uh, here in South Carolina and was a marketing major and then went to work for an ad agency right out of school. And I worked for other ad agencies for about 16, 17 years and then started Radical. So I've been in the agency business for my entire career and then, but most of it working for other people. And then I started Radical, you know, it, it seems to be in reverse now. Like I, I figured out what the hell, how to do things and then started my own thing. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like, start your own thing and figure it out as you go. Which I don't, I don't really, I'm not hating on anybody, but it's just like it's a little counterintuitive to me. But hey, uh, each their own. No, yeah, I understand that. Like I work, so I work for an agency now, but I think working in an agency kind of opened my eyes a little bit as to what the capabilities yep. are to do on your own. Whereas, yep. Um, and then you look at some. It's a little different now. Yeah, it's different now. Like with social media and digital media, I mean, it's, it's easier to be an entrepreneur at any point, you know, like you can get special. There's so many things you could be a specialist in YouTube and be 20 years old and sell those services. So, you know, in 2001, I mean, YouTube had just started. The internet was barely 10, you know, five years old. There was no social media. You know, when I started out, like, you know, you're an entrepreneur if you like, I don't know, had a side hustle like selling shit or something. You know, like now with digital, there's just so many things you can specialize in. And, you know, if you sink into it, you can get good. So I, I definitely don't hate on it. It's just a, a little different environment. <clears throat> yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. And I mean, I feel one of my initial problems definitely was like, okay, I'm just going to jump into it. Whereas, I've had, um, and they're nowhere near what I'm doing now, but I've also had five field businesses and I feel that they failed definitely within the marketing era, like area. And it strictly was right. because I had no clue what I was doing. Then, you know, work yeah. at an agency and it's like, okay, well, now I see how they carry out certain campaigns 
So then now I know what I need to do in the long run of things. Um, um, where would you say like most of your, I guess, if it wasn't internal motivation or anything like that, like where did your, like who were the most influential people or what were the most influential events that occurred to you to like drive yourself to pursue entrepreneurship? Probably my parents. I mean, I, I grew up with my parents, my grandparents are all very entrepreneurialistic. My parents had half a dozen side hustles when I grew up, everything from, you know, four yard sales a summer to, uh, you know, running, I don't know, textile shows, selling different odds and ends. My mom made floral arrangements on the side while she was an insurance broker. Uh, my dad, you know, probably owned three or four companies when I grew up, everything from selling industrial equipment to B2B to uh, building cabinets. So, you know, very, I don't know, hands-on, I don't know, blue collar, but entrepreneurial. And they definitely had the most impact on me kind of seeing different ways to make money and generate revenue, like with your own two hands, so to speak, no matter what that skill set was. And I think it ingrained on me very early that, you know, you can kind of control your own destiny with your own two hands. And thus, it wasn't a new concept for me to understand that I could have that same impact without necessarily being hired by someone. Now, I worked for other people for 17 years, so it wasn't that I was afraid to work for someone else. And hell, I could go work for someone else now. I don't mind working for other people, but at the same time, I've also known and learned and been influenced by people that can do it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I get, I get that part. Um, and I know you were speaking about, you know, it's a different, uh, I guess, generation of entrepreneurs where they just jump into things. Um, I mean, outside of that, what would you say are some tips that you would give to younger entrepreneurs or even, I mean, people who are going through entrepreneurship, but haven't really tipped the iceberg, I guess. Yeah. I mean, patience is, <laughs> it's interesting. We live in a world with little patience and everybody wants, it's kind of a want it yesterday mentality, but consistency and patience are two things that are in short supply, but have the most impact on, I think the ability to be successful and, I think a lot of times we jump to new things too quickly um, and you can't really have specialization, can't have impact, can't build brand without some level of consistency. And, you know, I think people get real impatient that something doesn't work, but have they really put in the time to see it through? And, you know, time is the only resource that we can't get back. However, we do have a fair amount of it, you know, short of just unforeseen circumstances, you know, the average 20, 21, 23 year old, 24 year old, you know, you can test a few things for a year or two and you're not losing. You're going to learn from it, whether it works or not and stick with it. And I think what happens is people stick with things for one or two months, you know? Yeah. And that's just not enough time. And, it amazes me because even in marketing where, you know, marketing is guided and the success of general 
growing advertising, growing marketing is reach and frequency. And what reach and frequencies are the kind of the two things of media, which is how many people see your message, how many times they see it. And I think we think that we post one thing to social media or we run one ad one time that somehow we've broken through the, the subconscious of people and they know intrinsically now that I do this or I'm selling that or I have this specialization when in reality it takes so much frequency for those things to set in. And I think people need to realize that just because something's top of mind for you because you're doing it and living it and breathing it doesn't mean you've sunk in to the audience with which you're trying to make an impact. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. Um, so the next thing that I really want to ask is um, more so within marketing, I guess, yeah, more so within marketing. Do you think that um, going forward, I know that you own a, a full range digital agency. Um, so with running a digital agency, what do you think about then like the physical side of marketing? Do you think that's that's dissipating or do you can do you feel that if there is still a continuation that can span out to, you know, maybe 10 years or so? Yeah, good question. <laughs> the um, the one of the things that I hate uh, is that when I have to kind of describe our agency is we are a digital agency because we kind of started that way and our specialization falls that way. But what's interesting is I've spent you know, 22 years now in the business and over 70% of that was in the analog space, the non digital. And it taught me a lot of truths that have carried forward no matter it, the, the medium. And the reality is we specialize because the world is now 75, 80% digital in the mediums with which are really readily available to most businesses for marketing. However, some of the truths still follow through no matter where it runs and physical mediums still have an impact. I mean, outdoor boards still work yeah. because until we don't drive anymore. Certainly let's throw, you know, throw out COVID. Let's throw out everybody being at home and certain lockdowns. Let's just talk about the real world and hopefully a non pandemic world and pre pandemic world. Uh, sort of that carrying on forever, which I, I think we're a little, we're hopefully on the, the tail end of, then people are in their car a long time. They're sitting in traffic. So outdoor boards have impressions staring at them all day. They still work. Still people, while newspapers are dead, very hyper niche journals that go to extremely wealthy niche audiences still show up in their mailbox and on their door and they still work for luxury goods and services. Um, and that's a physical product. And although the younger generation, let's call it 18 to 34, is certainly here to rule the world tomorrow uh, and coming quickly, there's a lot of wealth and a lot of years left in 40 to 70 year olds, um, especially let's say 40 to 55, you know, like yeah. I'm 44, I, I plan to be here you know, yeah. God willing for another 30 or 40 years. And though I'm digitally native, you know, I'm also, you know, analog native. I kind of code on both sides and they still consume both physical and digital media. 
And so that physical media isn't dead. Yeah. It's just changing a lot. And television isn't dead. It's just even if TV in its form dies, you still have streaming services and YouTube and these things that are still going on your living room television. So, you know, those traditionally, you know, physical mediums are still highly relevant to highly specific audiences. And so it's, it's just really about, you know, the core of marketing. Like when we work with a client is what are you selling and who are you selling it to? What is their current mindset and what do we want their mindset to be? And so that carries true no matter the medium. But sometimes the answer is, well, where are we going to hit these people might still be a physical uh, medium. All right. That's that's actually well said, because when I ask, well, they're not people who are as the scale of you. But I will ask those within an agency and asking about, you know, physical, you know, or as you consider the analog, um, ask them about that. And they're like, well, we're fading away from that because it's a dead thing. But. I mean, as you said, I guess it really does just depend on, you know, what the specifics are. And it's reducing for sure. So, I mean, it's reducing, but it's just the terminology of this medium is dead. And I've used it before. Like, I even catch myself sometimes saying, oh, that's dead. But I'm usually talking to reference to the audience. Like, yeah. It's not dead to everyone. Um, you know, millennials could care less about TV or local news or like, you know, they're going to yeah. catch it somewhere else. They're going to catch it on Apple or they're catching it on stuff. It's not they don't care about news, but it's just where they're going to consume it. And so, but there's no question that we're shifting from physical to digital highly to especially where you can affordably reach audiences because, you know, traditional media is still pretty expensive uh, because I think it's targeting that audience that's, has more spending power, at least for now. Yeah. All right. Um, so then, obviously, you've witnessed uh, a whole whole lot of, I guess, I don't know what kind of success you'd consider, and I guess it from like an outside perspective, but like, what would success be considered to you? What, what do you consider success? Success to me goes back to time. You know, I talk a lot about this, and you know, we're doing a mastermind and and you referenced at the beginning, it's called the radical formula. And we're actually doing a mastermind around engineering success because success isn't a, isn't found. It's not even necessarily learned. It's engineered. And there's a big difference. And for me, there's a process to success. There's a way to build success. But what success is for me is freedom. And so, For me, controlling my own time, my own thoughts, my own ability to do what I want to do when I want to do it is the definition of success. And so, yeah, I mean, money enables a lot of that, certainly, but it's it's broader than that because, you know, time is our only finite resource. We can all, if we choose to and get the right mindset, we can all make more money. Yeah, we can all make change our jobs. We can all change our spouse or our our girlfriend or boyfriend or significant other. Like there's a lot of things that we can change and control, especially if you take control of our minds. Um, And we teach a lot about that. But 
you can't get back time. And we never know how much we have for sure. And so thus, for me, having flexibility and controlling my time uh, and having that freedom is ultimately the definition of success. And because, you know, well, and then at least, well, what matters to you? What's freedom for you? Well, freedom is for me is providing for my family, having more family time, having yeah. more control over going to my kids' games and, and doing things with them and, you know, have, making my wife happy and us doing things together when we want to do it. You know, and certainly yeah. money enables that, but it's really more back to that freedom. And, you know, that's, that's ultimately what success is about. Yeah, I definitely think, too, that you like you mentioned family time as being a part of the freedom that you would exhibit. I definitely believe that, you know, like, like I have you on Instagram and others who do have you on Instagram can visibly see that, that you're living your definition of success. So like, I think that's something that's, I guess, it's something that's more motivating than not, because I think there's a lot of people who will give you a definition of success. And then at the end of their lives, they never really live that exact definition of success. So then they begin to manipulate their definition kind of to fit their situation. But that's right. Yeah, no, that's or, or they show they show what they think other people want to see as success. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where like some of the physical things and, you know, like. I don't know, throwing cash up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I mean, it's great. And don't get me wrong. I mean, money matters. I mean, it does. You yeah. gotta, it, it, they all kind of come together, but it's not really the definition of success and, ha and to take another level is happiness. I mean, yeah, yeah it, ena it enables happiness for me because it allows me to do what I want. But I can tell you this because I've been fortunate you know, when I, even when I was single, I lived in New York City. I did really well. I was in the middle of my career or early middle. I think I'm still kind of in the middle now, yeah. hopefully. The, uh, the early middle and did very well and lived the lifestyle that a lot of people would like to live. But I wasn't really happy, yeah. to be honest. You know, and a lot of people hear that and they go, uh, you know, sure, you weren't happy. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what's not happy is not having to be able to, you know, go out or have fun or pay my bills. I get it. But it's not necessarily happiness, just, I don't know, flaunting a lifestyle that's unsustainable. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I understand that it, like you have mentioned that you went to Clemson, so you went to university. Now, do you believe that there is, a, you know, an upcoming shift of, you know, individuals that are kind of selecting not to go to university because they see that um, a lot of times, I guess, experience or what you are capable of doing kind of outweighs that more so. And I guess that depends more so on specific niches. Like if I were a doctor, I wouldn't necessarily say like, yeah, let's not go to college. But I mean, within the digital space more so. So like marketing, I see some people in sales who haven't gone to university, stuff like that. Like, do you think that that's a trend that's, I mean, coming into fruition? Yes. And I think I'll use a, a good example. If it continues the way it's trending, uh, I'll probably pay my kids not to go to college. I have four boys. Wow. And, you know, I will probably pay them 
to come, if, if I'm still doing what I'm doing or something in my own business, I'll probably pay them to come learn from me while also enabling, look, I think the biggest thing that college can teach people if they haven't had like true like teamwork and group dynamics and let's call it people skills. Yeah. I think that needs to be learned somewhere. So I don't want to diminish that. That's really what I think is the biggest and best aspect of college now. Yeah. I think all the memorization of bullshit that you'll never really use, it, you can throw all that away. I can teach someone in six months what they'll learn in six years of college if they want to come follow me and take courses that I'll be teaching yeah. on very specific skill sets that will make them successful. I'll say that with, with without even blinking. But I can't teach them how to be a human being. And I can't teach them how to learn group and people dynamics. But at the same time, we're kind of moving towards this digital space that, you know, I think it's an ever-evolving uh, barometer of exactly how much they're going to need of yeah. certain things. But I just think that the college curriculum now is broken and the debt that it creates is broken. And so if this trend continues, if we don't see an evolution of that naturally, then I think it's a colossal waste of money and time. And I think what you're going to see, and we're even talking about doing this with, with some of the stuff we're doing uh, with our mastermind or even at my agency here, is building more niche programming and academies yeah. for specific skill sets that, you know, yeah, you can go learn stuff on YouTube and, and all that's valid and I don't diminish that. But I think that you might see these more hyper-specific trade schools maybe, you know, like where you can come and learn real real time and real speed and and but still get, get a little bit of that college aspect and I think you're going to see more trends towards that, but I think the university model is is very broken. Yeah, I I I'm I'm one that agrees with that, and I mean, I don't know. I feel yeah. I mean, I I definitely feel that you know I I, I gather mentors and I learn from people who've been doing the same exact thing that I've been doing and stuff like that. I, I feel that's one hundred percent better than me. Say so, like a, a bachelor of marketing degree, four years, and um, I I haven't gone through even the first year of college, but I, I can maybe say that your first year is a lot of just your you know basic classes, your introduction classes, and stuff like that. Where it's like, like you said, your your children can learn what students learn in six years in just six months, just by replicating what you're doing and learning from you. But I definitely agree with. Yeah, you know, you can learn to be human because college forces you to interact with other people. That's yeah. How you? I'll put my money where my mouth is. If some university wants to call me, <laughs> I'll let someone can um, go do a year in college, and then come do a year in the radical formula. Uh, ours costs three grand for a full year. Your university probably costs thirty to fifty. Who knows? Or not, that's on the cheap end. Yeah, and uh, then we could see who can make the most money at, at six months after that year. Wow! I'll put ten grand on it, cash. <laughs> then wow! You'll make more money, if not double, what you learn in a year to college after a year in the radical formula. 
<laughs> that's that's a pitch, honestly. That's a pitch. <laughs> Nobody's going to take it because they know I'm right. <laughs> no, that actually. Wow. No, it, it just shows. I guess it definitely does show how, I guess, aware people actually are. Because I feel like there's a lot of people that are just, they blindly give you the whole advice of, well, you can play it safe and, you know, get a dead-end job. And, you know, live in your dead-end job and hate it and be angry and everything like that. But it's kind of like you just said, like, you'd put your money, like, where your mouth is. Because I feel, feel too, people are genuinely just aware of it. Um, Yeah. Well, it's a lot of settling. And people settle and, you know, kind of take, you know, what they're given. And, you know, I don't know, That's it's a disease. And yeah. I think it's getting better. Um, and there's this fine line, kind of like I said at the beginning, my, call it slight disdain. Uh, I'll yeah. call it hatred or upset or anything, call it slight disdain for, you know, every 20-year-old wanting to be an entrepreneur is not as being like hating what they're doing, but it's more, um, have they learned enough? Have they kind of, and are they maybe biting off more than they can chew? You know, like that's my only slight, it's more concern than I would say even like, like upset with them. Like I'm not upset, do what you live your life, you know, but like, get a little that's my only trepidation but there's so many more opportunities that yeah i mean so like for me um you know like i'm 20 years old and i'm trying to build my own media company and everything like that and i do work with an eight within an agency and i just brought on a co-founder um scott declary who has been working within, you know, marketing and sales for X amount of time. And I feel that uh, it may have opened my eyes a little bit more speaking to him and going through things with him, that things that I would think were good ideas to do. He's just like, no, you have to kind of weigh out like cost to efficiency. It just doesn't make sense to do it. But in my head, and it kind of, you know, backs what you were saying, people are just very young and then they go do, you know, just the whole thing of being an entrepreneur. And it definitely, it kind of kicked my ass at first because also too, I really wasn't used to somebody just saying like, no, that's a dumb idea. Instead, (laughs) you kind of like, if you're a 20 year old, I feel, and you become an entrepreneur, there is a lot of like uh, cynicism with it, but there's also this group of people that kind of like praise you for going, going off the chain. But then I think that gets to some people's head because like I, I just said, like it kicked me in the ass when somebody was like, that's a dumb idea. Whereas before I tell anybody what I'm doing and they're like, yeah, go you. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I think there's a balance of all that. I think, you know, it's, it's admirable as long as you have reasonable expectations, you know? Yeah. And you keep everything in stride because it's such a journey. Like, you know, like success is, is not a destination. (laughs) No, it's, you, the moment you think you've landed or succeeded, you uh, fall on your face. I mean, so, and I've been there on all levels, whether it worked for myself or for others, like, oh, we made it. And then, you know, you get your legs cut out from under you, like just something you don't expect. 
Yeah. And you got to be able to balance the highs with the lows. Yeah. And I think, and that's, that's probably the hardest thing. There's just like, and I don't want st- to stop short of the word. I, I'll say the word, but I don't know that I mean it exactly as it is. You probably, there's a certain maturity that comes with time. Yeah. And that can't be replicated. It's just the experience of not getting too high, not getting too low, knowing that this win doesn't mean I have landed on success. You know yeah. what I mean? While also this failure doesn't mean I've landed on failure. You know, it's, there's a balance of that that comes with time. And that's more of my fear for, you know, younger entrepreneurs is finding that balance. Yeah. I, f- I feel that was definitely one of my, one of my biggest things definitely was like, okay, if this thing didn't, like, if something didn't work to me before, you know, well, even at 19 when I would do it, and I understand, like, it's a year difference. And for me to tell somebody like, oh, yeah, I learned a lot within a year, but I, I feel that it can be genuine. Like, I did learn a lot. But even at 19, when something wouldn't go my way or wouldn't work, I thought it was the end of my like life. And I was like, oh, like I'm screwed. But then like, I'm 19. Like what I don't have, like, I don't have four kids that I have to, you know, keep afloat. I don't have to pay for the home or anything like that. And that, and it's like you said, you know, success just takes a really long time. And that's what I, I missed. And I feel a lot of people miss. They just want money and success and freedom now where it's like kind of have to sacrifice something is it time a little bit even if you're doing it for yourself like even if you're an entrepreneur still doing the time yeah like it's just there's no quick fixes or very few yeah and what people don't understand is for every elon musk and every steve jobs and every jeff bezos there's guys like me yeah. That I've been successful, but I'm not a billionaire. Yeah. You know? I'm not even a, you know, I, I do well. Yeah. I'm very comfortable, but I'm not like, you know, on 100 foot yachts and, you know, have seven Lambos in the garage. And I wouldn't necessarily want that anyway. That's not how I'd spend my money. But yeah. like, those are markers of success. And so, you know, I think it's just like setting some realistic you know, markers for what that looks like. Yeah. Even, even with success though, like you kind of explained it, like you live within your means though. Whereas kind of, I guess, as you said, it's kind of like points of success, but, but do you think those points are false though? Like people have these false expectations just because they see magnified successful people. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Like it's just not realistic and it's not, and what it's less, it's back to what I kind of said before. Not only is it not realistic, it won't truly make you happy. I mean, yeah. it will, it, you know, it's it's so limited and so fleeting. It will come and go quickly. That high and that low are so fleeting for just physical things. I mean, you let, let's just say this: if you're going, to, if you went to Bali. Every week, yeah. you could. That gets old too. Yes, like, it, it doesn't. It's you know what I mean, like because you're living out of a suitcase, and you know when you travel, like when when I go travel, like I'll go like we went to Turks and Caicos to the whole family. It's great, but it's not home. 
Yeah. And you're still living out of a suitcase, no matter how nice the resort is, and you're still kind of, you know, yearning for a little normalcy, you know? And so, yeah, oh, if I could just travel every week and travel the world, it gets old. Like, yeah, uh, yeah maybe 0.01%, it doesn't get old. But for, for, for 99% of people, you go, okay, I'd like to just, you know, chill on my couch and watch a little football or, you know, whatever you do, read a book, my own chair. Like, yeah. and so all that stuff kind of comes and goes quickly. Yeah. And so then it's finding out, you know, what truly makes you happy forever. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely agree with that. Have there um, have there ever been times though where like, so you so like we both agreed that success is a long term game. It's a very long chess game. Um, you know, has there ever been a moment in your like entrepreneurial career that you hit a roadblock, and then how did you overcome said roadblock? One kind of like detour I took out of marketing in the agency world, I started a, a, a car dealership that was pretty much what Carvana is doing now before they did it. <laughs> Back to patience. If I stuck with it, I might be, uh, you know, on another plane of success. Uh, I was doing pretty much what they were doing. I started a company called I Drive On Demand, and it was pretty much buying cars online, selling cars online, you picking out the car you want. It's almost yeah. the exact model that Carvana is. Uh, this is 2013 and oh. took a detour, did that for like a year and the car business is so dirty. And so I don't know, I, it may be getting better, but it's just so scummy to be honest with you. And it was pre-owned cars and the marketing was great. Our marketing was killer. We enjoyed it. We, we did seven figures in revenue the first year, like, but then it kind of fizzled and it took more investment and I didn't really have passion for it. Yeah, it kind of crashed and burned, quite frankly. And, you know, I lost a lot of money, uh, but and pretty much went to almost ground zero and then got back into what I do well. But like, you know, I learned, you know, I'm a marketing guy. My passion is marketing. My knowledge is marketing. My understanding of branding and all that is there. Um, and I think, you know, I, but I learned you know, how to kind of pick myself up off the ground. And, you know, some of it's like leaning on just some of that, you know, it's nature, nurture, whatever it is, you know, yeah. like always knowing I can go make a dollar and kind of control my own destiny. And knowing I had a skill set, because I built it to work about 13 or 14 years in AC business before I did that. Um, but, you know, even then I did, I, I've been blessed. There's certain like things back to like, the formula of success and like ability of success, there's a risk tolerance that I think you have to have to kind of reach upper tiers of success. And I've always, it's not that I don't plan for the future, but even at my age now, I'm very risk tolerant and I'm, and I'm very confident. I have, you know, I have like insurance and different things like that that are like fallback so that like, yeah. Not going to go to ground zero, or if I disappear tomorrow, my parent, my family is going to be in bad shape. But I don't sit around like dwelling on failures, and I'm also willing to go all in, you know, and like especially on things that I believe in, because I just think the higher levels of success demand that. And I think you know I've probably learned that more than anything, kind of at you know going through that some of those failures. Yeah. So would you like? 
I guess boil it down to that you like the thing that has gotten you over is like you said, you can always go back to making a dollar with, you know, whatever you did. So does it come back to like, you just the, what do you, what would you say? The confidence in yourself, like would that boil it down more so to? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's exactly right. It's yeah. true. I mean, there, it's, there's a confidence in my ability and, but that came with time. Like when I was, I was 28 and doing really well and like I was living in New York and working on really large accounts and I was smart. I was intelligent, but I didn't have a ton of experience necessarily. I mean, you know, like I didn't start as an entrepreneur at 20. I went to agency world at 24. So I'm like four or five years into it doing yeah. really big things, working with big brands because I was intelligent and like was a good marketer and understood things, but I didn't have a lot of experience. But then all of these lessons to now did build that confidence in my ability and because of time, because now I know like I can walk into a room, you know, whether it's the C-suite of Verizon Wireless, like I did when I was 29 years old or a small business owner who's struggling or what, whoever it is, and they can tell me any business challenge and I can consult them through the best tactics to take. Because I've done it as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, I've done it, it, you know, put every dollar in just like they have, or I've worked with the largest brands in the world and developed marketing strategies and business strategies. And so I know that if you tell me a certain challenge, my skill set to help you figure that out, the confidence is there to do that. Like, so I don't walk into a room going, am I going to run into something I haven't seen before? <laughs> yeah, there's, um, I know there's an interview with, uh, Anthony Scaramucci, the guy who worked with Trump for like 10 days. And like he speaks right. about, you know, if there's one thing that he knows for a fact is that if he was sent back to New York City with, you know, a, a white T-shirt and jeans, that just the confidence in himself, he can just get right back to where he is. And uh, that's that's definitely what it reminded me of, because, you know, as you said, even with, you know, a business that you said was just eating up money. It just didn't work. But then like you said you, you can just go back and fall back on things that you know that when the challenge is presented, you can just overcome it. Like that's just you. Yeah. And some of that's built, you know, in me, I mean, I was probably always a confident guy to some level, but certainly built over time and experiences too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was probably cocky when I was 28. I'm confident when I'm 44. Yeah. Like, and there's a big difference, you know, like I, and those things are sometimes thought of as the same or they're, oh, he's just super cocky. No, he's super confident. Well, which one is it? And, you know, <laughs> but there is a difference. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, so, I, I said it wouldn't be that long, but we're nearing an hour. Um, I honestly don't really have that many more questions. Just, uh, sure. I guess, picking your brain more so on your journey to success and some of the tips that you would give through your journey of success to others. Um, yeah. Once again, I'd like you, I'd like to thank you for joining me, taking time out of your busy day, and yeah, thanks, thanks for joining in. Yeah, man, my pleasure. And if uh, anybody's listening, you follow me at Ryan Alford on Instagram. <laughs> oh, really on all the platforms. I'm I'm verified on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. So I post all three pretty regularly. And then 
theradicalformula.com. You want to get in on success engineering, good start. I might, I might have to look into that, honestly, because if you're making $10,000 bets with universities, I, 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 might, <laughs> I might need to jump in on that one. Um, all right. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day, and uh, I hope all the more success and freedom to you. Hey, man. Same to you. Best of luck. Reach out. I can help with anything. All right. Will do. Thank you. See ya. See ya.